Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, July 16th, 2018. I, I really hope you're sitting down. <laughs> We're going to have to play one of our warnings here. In fact, this segment will make it in... One of the segments will make it in as its own little mini dumpster fire. It's really that weird. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down. Stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of really crazy things being said out there, and we take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, (gasps) self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those are the only kind that there are today, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's put out for consumption by the average evangelical is not even remotely close to biblical. It's just become Looney Tunes nowadays. And uh, (laughs) I hate to kind of talk that way, but that's literally... What has happened and, you know, what people are believing, teaching, confessing has nothing to do with biblical Christianity, what Christians have historically believed, taught and confessed and have been martyred for. Yeah, could you imagine somebody being a martyr for Joel Osteen's prosperity heresy? Yeah, that's just never going to (laughs) happen. And and so what we do here is a debunking work. We we compare by opening up God's word and oftentimes about the only thing needed nowadays is no joke. Just um <laughs> context. Yeah, just put the verse back in context and blammo, it's it's fixed. <laughs> and you can say, "Whoa, that person's not teaching me the truth." And uh, unfortunately for many people, despite the fact that that is demonstrably, objectively the case, you know, that that favorite pastor, teacher, conference, whoever that person is who's teaching you stuff, they ain't teaching you what Scripture says. It doesn't matter. They'll say, well, that person's heart's in the right place, or who are you to judge and touch not God's anointed and all that nonsense. 
And so uh, I, I got to warn you, listening to this program could cause you to lose friends. It has been known to happen. So let's talk about what it is that we're going to do on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to begin with a prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. And we're going to be checking in with Krista Shirley of Throne Billers. And uh, she's literally got a series that she's been putting out called Numbers from Heaven. And what she is engaging in is explicitly forbidden by God's word. And that's called the Reading of Omens. And, I mean, this is just jaw-droppingly bizarre and bad. And uh, it, we'll, we'll record it uh, so and put it up on the YouTube channel as its own kind of mini dumpster fire. I mean, so you're going to get a little dumpster fireage here in today's episode of Finding for the Faith. After we're done with Krista Shirley, we're going to check in with Jensen Franklin. And one of the more bizarre twistings of Scripture I have ever heard— the name of it is the uh, is Beware the Traveler. Beware the Traveler. And I want you to think in your mind. Can you think in your mind about a biblical text that mentions a traveler? And, uh, you know, you start thinking now. Uh, we'll reveal it when it comes time. And uh, we'll take a break after Jensen Franklin. And then uh, second half of our number one, we're going to be... Uh, demonstrating the anatomy of Sid Roth's supernatural product scams. The Sid Roth It's Supernatural program is about moving product, and it you, it is so easy to spot when you know what you're looking for. So we're going to look at three episodes of uh, Sid Roth's It's Supernatural and look at the intro to the program, listen to a little bit of the... Um, of his conversation with his guest, and then we will look at the product plug. And when you see how the product plug, you know, kind of ties back in to the intro to the program, uh huh, no doubt about it. It's it, it, this guy is a smiling and nice looking old man, uh, for sure, but he really is, uh, he's teaching for shameful gain things he ought not to teach, and the claims regarding the products that he's moving on the, uh, on his television show, I mean, they couldn't stand up to any kind of scientific, biblical, or any kind of objective scrutiny whatsoever. And uh, once you see this, uh, you will – or hear this you – uh, you will absolutely be convinced that Sid Roth is a old, smiley, kind-looking man who is trying to rob you blind because that's exactly what he's doing. And hour number two, we're going to head down to um, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, and uh, we're going to be listening to a sermon by Buddy Cremines as he uh, fills in for Bill Cornelius, and the name of the uh, message will be uh, critiquing is titled Pregnant with Potential. Pregnant with Potential. So that's today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. we got a lot of ground we need to cover. And so since we're going to begin with a prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update, let's do this. Get up right now. Get up right now. 
bits. Uh, Robert Tilton and Hubaba Kanda. We're heading over to the YouTube channel for the Throne Builders. And every time I hear that that title, Throne Builders, uh, the only thing I can think of regarding thronage is that uh, small porcelain thingy in that uh, one room of your uh, house. Maybe you have like several rooms of your house that has <clears throat> a porcelain thingy in it. But uh, every time I hear throne builders, that's about all I can say. And this is case in point as to why that's the case. Here's Krista Shirley to explain to us numbers from heaven and uh, apparently the number two. Here we go. Hi, I'm Krista Shirley, and welcome to my new video series, Numbers from Heaven. I'm excited to teach you what I've learned about numbers through my personal revelations and experiences. I strongly... What she's learned about numbers from her personal revelations and experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Bible doesn't teach us. By the way, if the Bible wanted us to expect that God was going to be speaking to us through numbers in this way then um, the Bible would actually teach this. Now, that's not to say that numbers don't have significance in Scripture. They do. The number three is quite important. Number seven, very important. Number 40, it's also a big number in Scripture. But that you know, paying attention to what Scripture, how Scripture uses numbers is something different than looking for numbers to, you know, out here in your everyday life and expect them to somehow be conveying revelations from God, which is what Krista Shirley is doing here. I believe that numbers are speaking to all of us. And, you know, God, he uses them all the time to speak to us. Many think out there that numbers are irrelevant. And because of that, they miss out on the revelation and healing that the numbers bring. My Numbers bring revelation and healing. Who knew? The Bible never says that. Where'd she get this? And this exciting teaching series is to help you see what Papa sees about numbers and apply those truths to your life in such a way that numbers become something real and tangible. Are you ready to take a numbers journey with me? Let's explore the amazing world of numbers from heaven, continuing with the number two. It's been said that two are better than one. Why is that? Could it be because Papa plus you make a powerful two? Maybe he's trying to show you how... I forgot to take Advil before we started recording today. Ugh. Partner with him to birth your destiny. You know, when we're connected. Wait, 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 wait. What did you see? I got to hear this in context. Backing it up. Here we go again. More number two from the throne builders. Than one. Why is that? Could it be because Papa plus you make a powerful two? Maybe he's trying to show you how to partner with him to birth your destiny. You know. Yeah, that's what I thought she said. <laughs> yeah, maybe the number two. There you are. It's two o'clock. Or maybe you wake up in the middle of the night and the alarm clock says two twenty-two. Ah, it's time to birth my destiny. 
And uh, does that mean that my Destiny's water needs to break first? Is, are there midwives for Destiny birthage? I'm curious. We're connected to the Father's heart. Real restoration can take place in our lives. Several years ago, I was seeing twos all the time. And those were some of the most intense times because as I look back, I realized that Papa and I were birthing new foundations of my identity. Wow, that was so kind of Papa to help you birth new foundations of your identity. What does that sentence even mean? <clears throat> now, to kind of help us out here, wanted to show you something from the Bible. Omens be bad. This is actually forbidden by Scripture. Deuteronomy 18, I'll start in verse 9 for our context, the Lord speaking to the children of Israel. When you come into the land that Yahweh your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes, or here is the important part, interprets omens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. If you're trying to look for hidden revelation in numbers that are appearing out here in the world that you live in, uh, that's called the interpretation of omens. So this is forbidden. Sorcery is also forbidden. A charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. Whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh, and because of these abominations, Yahweh, your God, is driving them out before you. So I don't care who you are, you know, or how much you claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're teaching people to look for revelation, you know, in birds flying on their windows or numbers appearing on their, you know, their car dashboard, yeah, that's called the interpretation of omens. It's strictly forbidden, and it's an abominable practice. Another fellow, by the way, from the Old Testament who practiced uh, uh, the reading of omens was the evil king Manasseh. Here's what it says in 2 Chronicles 33. I'll start at verse 1 for context. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. So all that abominations list that we read in Deuteronomy 18, yeah, Manasseh, the king of Israel, was, uh, was all into that. So he rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had broken down. He erected altars to the Baals and made Asheroth and uh, worshipped all of the host of heaven and served them. He built altars in the house of the Lord, of which Yahweh had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. Yeah, that's right. He set up altars to false gods in the temple itself. Um, he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of Yahweh. He burned his sons as an offering in the valley of the son of Himon, Hinnom and used fortune-telling and omens and sorcery and dealt with mediums and necromancers. Yeah, this sounds like just a great guy, right? He, he, was, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the reading of omens, strictly forbidden. It is evil. It is not a permissible practice for God's people in any generation, any covenant, whether old covenant or new. Now, all of that being said, Krista Shirley is, again, she's telling us the importance of the number two. <clears throat> of course, she's a throne builder. And uh, so she's telling us Papa talks through these things, and she and Papa birthed new foundations of her identity and stuff, you know, because she saw the number two.
Can you relate to this? People get to the stage in their growth and they become wearied and worn out. And this is mainly because of a time of rest that is needed after the birthing. Well, guess what? When a birthing takes place in the natural, a woman needs much rest, right? Well, it's the same when birthing spiritual and the emotional realities as well. So, Right, yes. Have you considered how much do you need to take maternity leave? Uh, after you've birthed the new destiny, uh, I, I mean, it's talking about rest. I mean, I, I'm thinking maybe at least six weeks off of work. I mean, can you imagine calling into the boss and saying, yeah, um, I'm going to need to be taking some maternity leave, um, but you're not married. Yeah, I know. But uh, me and Papa last night at 222, we uh, we birthed new foundations of my identity and it's all related to my destiny. And according to Krista Shirley, you know, one of the throne builders, um, I, I need to rest after birthing this thing. And so I, I need to get some paid maternity leave. But you're a dude. What, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. And male or female, you can birth destiny. And, uh, you know, and so I saw the number 222, so it has to be the case. What do you think? Have you been seeing a crazy amount of twos? Well, consider that you need to rest spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Resting requires trust and wisdom. It's one of the hardest things to do. We tend to strive when our life doesn't look like we want it to, and then we go into a a fix-it mode, right? I know what it's like to be a fixer and to constantly strive and to make things happen. Yeah, you might want to spend some time fixing your theology. It's not Christian. It's pagan. So she's a bit of a fixer-upper. That's a minor thing. So let me share with you a secret that I learned the hard way. There's acceleration in the rest. So trust me when I tell you this, okay? Because if you can learn to completely trust... No, I would never trust you with anything. I mean, I don't even think I'd trust you walking my dogs at this point. And rest and papa and trust that he knows where he's taking you. Then you're going to succeed. Here's another way of putting it. Rest produces results while striving produces stagnation. So while you're birthing new levels of your identity right now, rest and allow Papa to teach you a whole new side to life. Let's switch gears. I I don't even know what you're talking about. And look at numbers through another lens, the Bible. You'll find that the number two has much significance in the Bible as well. You know, when I was seeing twos, I realized that the concepts that are in the book of Genesis really match my experience. Let's look at the first part of Genesis 1.22. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. This first... Okay, so how does this relate to your experience? Were you fruitful and multiplied? What are you talking about? Shows what I was discussing earlier when I talked about the birthing stage. Papa tells us to be fruitful and multiply. And would you know, the twos are right there in the reference. What about... (laughs) Wouldn't you know, be fruitful and multiply. He wasn't talking about birthing destiny. It was actual children. You know, babies. (sighs) Genesis 2-2. This is what it says. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. So we see a picture there of Papa resting from all his labor. Wow. We also talked about that earlier. So you are aware that when Moses penned Genesis, there were no chapters and verses. Yeah. The whole apparatus whereby chapters and verses were put into the Bible, that apparatus was added long, long after the Bible was completed. They're not inspired. Yeah, no, not at all. 
Could this be for you as well? Let's look at another amazing verse in Genesis 2.22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. This is the famous verse where Eve was created from Adam. Yeah, again, this is no way to read the Bible. And the fact that it occurs in Genesis 2.22 doesn't matter. Because there were no chapter or verses when it was originally penned. Rib. You know, she was birthed and brought forth to complete him. And I believe when people are seeing two... No, actually, she wasn't birthed. She was fashioned. She was actually put together by God. No no birthing took place for Eve. She, there was no womb that held Eve, nor Adam. Because they are in a season where their marriage is being healed and brought into completion. I saw this in my own life, you know, when I was going through this twos adventure, and I'm sure many of you out there can identify with this. You know, just like Eve came to life and completed Adam, which was her co-laborer, many marriages will start to come to life for the first time in years and bring about a completion as they labor together in love. This new connection between husbands and wives will bring about a powerful shift in the earth and heal the land. All because you saw the number two, there's going to be a powerful shifting in marriages throughout the whole earth. Who knew? And so marriage 2.0 is about to be unleashed and accelerated into the birthing canal of the universe so that the earth can benefit from it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Since we're taking a journey through Genesis and looking at powerful concepts in Scripture, let's look at another verse that really matches what I lived during my twos adventure. Genesis 22. Yeah, I I haven't had a twos adventure. (laughs) Have you had your twos adventure yet? I I, I feel totally like I'm missing out here, you know. You know, this verse falls right into alignment because it paints a picture of sacrifice and obedience. As we birth new levels of our identity and learn to rest in Papa, the time will come where we'll be challenged to sacrifice and obey. You know, it was a wild time in our family's life as we saw the number two because that was a time of great sacrifice and obedience for us. You know, Papa was asking us to sacrifice some big things, and he was challenging our minds and hearts to obey regardless of what it looked like in the natural. You know, this is when we really learned to trust him more fully. And as we trusted him, a shift occurred in our relationships. (laughs) Oh, this is painful. (laughs) I mean... None of this has anything to do with Scripture. The whole technique is forbidden by God in Deuteronomy 18. And this woman really thinks that she's been through a foundational destiny birthing process, which later resulted in sacrifice on her part. (laughs) Just, I, yeah, wow. This is not Christianity. This isn't even like sane. So um, if you know anybody who thinks the throne builders are the bee's knees and they're, they're, they're legitimate people bringing prophetic messages and, and you know, that God wants to release onto the earth and stuff like that. I could have filled out a prophecy bingo card while this lady was spewing on. Uh, you, know, the, you need to warn them. The, the throne builders are deceived and they are deceiving and there's nothing Christian about them. In fact, they are full-blown heretics. And the religion that they're putting forward, it might use terms somewhat loosely related to Christianity, but 
None of the doctrines they teach are actually found in Scripture. These people are not Christians. They're heretics. And uh, the body of Christ needs to be warned about people like them. Moving along. Time for a money-grubbing televangelist update. Don't want no loving. Don't want no kissing. Don't want no gal to call me honey. Don't want my name in the Hall of Fame. Just want a big fat pile of money. Give me that almighty dollar for that lettuce, hear me holler. Give me buckets full of ducats, let me walk around and waller in Mazuma. El dinero, wanna be a millionaire. Give me money, 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 money. I want that green ammunition, that's the stuff for which I'm wishing. Fill my closets with deposits, I'm a demon in addition. Give me shekels, give me pesos, let me see their smiling faces. Money, 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 money. Wanna get me a suit that's made out of loot and whistle for wearing it. I got that monetary itis, like speeches, like King Midas. Want that golden touch is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle. Want that tender that is legal and financially substantially. Any sum I can inveigle. Want a living regal splendor for that loving legal tender. Money, 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 money. <laughs> All right. So we're heading over to the YouTube channel for the ministry of Jensen Franklin. And we're going to be listening to a part of a message titled Beware the Traveler, and got to admit, this is one of the most bizarre Bible twists I have ever heard. I I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like this. Now, uh, earlier in the program, I said, head on over and, you know, to your Bible, see if you can figure out, you know, a story regarding a traveler. Yeah, you can find that story, by the way, if you uh, want to follow along in Second uh, Samuel chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve, where Nathan the prophet confronts David regarding his adultery and murder with Bathsheba, and uh, in the murder of Uriah the Hittite. Let's get to Jensen Franklin's message. Here we go. Chapter twelve, and I'm going to begin reading with verse one. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and one poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished. It grew up together with him and his children. It ate of his food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom as if it was like a daughter to him. And behold, a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one of the wayfar- a meal for the wayfaring man. He took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, this man who has done this will surely die. And he said, restore fourfold the lamb because he did this thing. Because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments about this, this particularly verse four. And there came a traveler and a traveler came to the rich man. Everything in the story pivots and changes when a traveler shows up. I want to talk to you about what that traveler represents in our life. The traveler took. What? 
what the traveler represents in your life. Are you kidding me? Okay, little bit of backstory here. Uh, we'll go to Second Samuel chapter eleven, and we'll add in twelve just so that we can kind of see the point of what's going on here. Second um, Samuel eleven. I'll start at verse one. In the spring of the year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all of Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites, besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David, and when Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went to the, out of the king's house and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. So clearly, at this point, David's trying to get Uriah to go home and, and you know, spend some time with his wife intimately so that uh, as she gets the baby bump and stuff, he would think that it's um, his child. But Uriah's not doing that. So... Uh, so when they told David Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths, and my lord Joab, the servant of my lord, are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next, and David invited him, and he ate in his presence and drank, so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. So in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab, sent it by the hand of Uriah, and in the letter he wrote, Set Uriah in front of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. I mean, as the kids say nowadays, this is really messed up because Uriah is literally carrying his own orders to have himself murdered. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew where the valiant men were. And then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. Some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting. And he, was inst uh, he instructed the messenger, when you have finished telling all the news about the fighting to the king, then if the king's anger rises, and if he says to you, why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, the son of Jer Jerobosheth? Did not the wo woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall? And then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. 
So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. And then the messenger said to David, The men gained advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. And then the archers shot at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus shall you say to Joab, Do not let this matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now that's the backstory to Second Samuel 12, which I think is kind of an important little detail if we're going to rightly understand Second Samuel 12. Okay, we're going to pause uh, our reading of Second uh, Samuel for just a minute and pay some bills. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue reading out the story from Second Samuel, and uh, and then go back and listen to Jensen Franklin and what he's doing with this text. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Myra Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Myra Christian. Quick break. When we come back, more of Jensen Franklin and uh, who else we got on deck? Oh, that's right. Sid Roth. Sid Roth the Scammer. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Relevance Schmelevance. We preach Christ crucified for our sins. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> Python's Flying Circus Church. Flying Circus Church would like to again apologize. Normally, we try to do parody here at Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. Unfortunately, the church continues to just parody itself. Case in point, Rabbi Michael Zeitler's anointed shofar CD. This is a real commercial. When Rabbi Michael Zeitler blows the shofar, miracles take place. He wants to see God break every stronghold of the enemy in your life, healing you emotionally, physically, even in your relationships, bringing salvation to your entire household. Call now and receive both Rabbi Michael Zeitler's anointed audio CD, Sound of the Shofar, plus his brand new prophetic book, Why Israel is Supernatural, for a donation of $25. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9081. Listen to this anointed audio CD. Allow God's glory to fill the room as 
Rabbi Zeitler shares from the scriptures and then blows the shofar over every issue you are facing, including mental and emotional disorders, confusion, fear, stress, grief, nightmares, insomnia, pain, sickness and disease, addictions, eating disorders, weight loss, injustices, persecution, finances, marriages, rebellious children, freedom from the occult and demonic oppression, and so much more. Through Rabbi Zeitler's brand new prophetic book, Why Israel is Supernatural, you will learn how you and your family can obtain supernatural protection in the midst of the end time judgments about to be unleashed on planet earth. Don't miss out on getting both Rabbi Michael Zeitler's anointed audio CD Sound of the Shofar, plus his brand new prophetic book, Why Israel is Supernatural. For a donation of $25, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9081. Call or write today. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, Our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's, it's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! Listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that the traveler in Second uh, Samuel 12 is insignificant. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring 
Fighting for the Faith 2 into the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says uh, become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to specify the amount that you would like to contribute, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And if you want to become a patron on Patreon, just click on the Become a Patron button. Those are all the different ways to support us, and we truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, let's head back into the book of 2 Samuel, and I'll keep reading out from 2 Samuel um, regarding, well, the aftermath of David's sin now that he's uh, committed adultery and murdered Uriah the Hittite. And we'll pick up now back in uh, chapter 12 where Jensen Franklin began his message, uh, Beware the Traveler, and see what it has to say uh, You know, in that context of David's actual sin and the aftermath of it. Now picking up at verse 1, which is where Jensen Franklin started, uh, the Lord sent to Nathan, uh, uh, sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb which he had brought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children, and it used to eat of his morsels and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. And it was like a daughter to him. So you're going to note, Nathan is going to confront David with his sin, and he's using a parable to do it. There was no literal traveler. This was a parable. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. Now note here, it's not the traveler who was unwilling. It's the rich man who was unwilling, not the traveler, the rich man. It just so happened that he had a guest, somebody who had traveled from a long distance. And so the rich man decided he didn't want to kill one of his own flock, so he killed this little lamb. So he took the poor man's lamb, prepared it for the man who had come to him, and then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to him, said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And then he said, restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. So Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you've despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. But you, For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I 
have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is to be born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. Now a little bit of a note here. What David did was horrific. I mean, un. It's unbelievable. This man after God's own heart would commit adultery and murder in this way. And you'll notice that in confessing his sins, you know, we we learn in the New Testament this idea that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David, rather than deflecting, rather than, you know, blaming somebody else or shifting blame or anything like that, he owned his sin and he was forgiven. And then no sooner does Nathan the prophet leave that David pens these wonderful words for us in Psalm 51 that says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love and according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inner inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your holy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. I mean, this. let's just put it this way. The, the account of David's adultery and murder in the subsequent psalm that he wrote literally creates opportunities like you wouldn't believe to preach God's law and then proclaim the gospel that in Christ there is the forgiveness of sins, that God can forgive even the rankest of sinner of their worst sins. And so, I mean, this is a great text to work from to tease out those important biblical themes and motifs. And what's the best thing that Jensen Franklin can come up with? That uh, beware the traveler, you know, who's only mentioned just for a brief moment in the parable that Nathan told. Let me back this up so that you can hear it for yourself. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing here. Traveler came to the rich man. Everything in the story pivots and changes when a traveler shows up. I want to talk to you about what that traveler represents in our life. The traveler took something from the poor man that was precious. No, the rich man did. The traveler did not. It was the rich man. I just read that text out. He can't he hasn't even rightly identified who was the guy who killed the sheep. And he'll take something from you if you allow him in and you feed him. He said, Beware of the traveler. The traveler is coming through. There's a traveler that's coming through. 
And you can't help it if the traveler comes through. I mean, talk about adventures in missing the point. I mean, this isn't even an example of missing the forest because of a tree. This is like literally missing the forest because of a pebble. What on earth? But you don't have to let him in and you don't have to feed him. And the traveler represents our thought life. (laughs) How do you figure? You see, there are thoughts that are coming at us all the time. Thoughts that could cause us to make decisions that could really wreck our lives. And you can't help it if the thought comes at you because we live in a, in a world that is, that is it's, a, it's just a climate that thoughts are constantly trying to come at us. Thoughts are constantly trying to come at us. Have they organized themselves into a zombie army? What are you talking about? The mistake that this man made was when he opened the door and he let the traveler in and he started feeding him. And this is, this is what I'm preaching on today. Beware of the traveler. <laughs> uh, this is why... Probably megachurch pastors need to have mandatory drug screening. I, I, I've never seen anything this jaw-droppingly bad as far as, like, totally missing the whole point of a text. Wow. This whole story changes when the traveler gets in and begins, the man begins to feed the traveler. What caused David to go from being a warrior to a weakling? What caused the saint become, to become a sinner? Uh, I, I assure you, David was a sinner as well as a saint the whole time he was believing. Uh, wow. Caused this man who was so powerful and so anointed to somehow become a weakling. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a week's time. He was... He was 50 years of age. Yeah, it happened while he was looking out his window. I mean, as quick as he could say, wow, that lady's hot, you know, and figure out who she was. I mean, that's how quick sin can can nab you because sin starts in your heart, you know. 30 when he first became king of Israel and he reigned for 20 years. And for 20 years, Satan watched him. Our, Our enemy watches what we smile at. Our enemy watches what we react to. I marvel at the patience of hell. Hell is very patient. It doesn't take you down quick. It just watches you and probes and watches. And the enemy watched this man named David. You see, David never considered how far one thought could take him. Oh, boy. Now you're like inserting stuff into the biblical text that isn't there. Is is the text, the story as it reads, not enough for you, Jensen, that you need to add your own things to it? And, you know, or, or maybe it's because you need to be so clever 
that when the people leave your building on Sunday morning, they'll say, oh, I've never heard the story of David and Bathsheba told that way. Whoa, that talk about insight. What's the traveler in your life, dude? I I don't want to talk about my travelers, man. My travelers are dark. This is nonsense. This is no way to preach the Bible because he's not preaching it. I don't know what he's doing here, but this is utter nonsense. I think you get the point. Moving along. So I was having this wedding and and we had we well we didn't have we shaba. Shaba Shanda. Yeah, that's uh, Heidi Baker. This is another Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. And we're heading over to Sid Roth's YouTube channel. It's It's Supernatural. And we're going to look at how his uh, program is literally set up to sell supernatural products and what really Sid Roth is doing is scamming people out of their money. Now he's a he's a nice looking old man, and he has a nice smile on his face. And in the charismatic movement, he's got major street creds because you know he's hobnobbed with some of the most important uh, important uh, you know charismatics ever, including like Catherine Kuhlman. But uh, we're going to note that uh, he's a product scammer extraordinaire. And literally every single episode of Sid Roth's It's Supernatural is designed to do one thing, and that's move schlocky products, scam products, that you couldn't even begin to verify any of the product claims that are made regarding these things. So let's take a look at three examples. Here's the first uh, regarding Hakeem and Naeem Collins's products on how to destroy how to destroy breakthrough blockages here we go hello sid roth here welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural most of the prophetic people i know are saying we are coming into a season of breakthrough grab your prophecy bingo card yeah the- Season of breakthrough. Yeah, those are prophecy bingo words. And I agree with them. But my guests have found there are blockages to breakthrough. And they're so simple, but this generation doesn't understand them. He wants to teach them to you. So why? So you'll have a breakthrough. (laughs) So everybody's got their, you know. <clears throat> their appetite whetted here, and uh, oh man, are you experiencing blockages in your breakthroughs? Yeah, talk about a vague, you know, vague concept. What does that mean? Well, uh, I mean, blockage to a breakthrough could just mean about anything. You know, whatever you're struggling with your, your, in your life, you you clearly have a blockage in your breakthrough, and you need a breakthrough. And so he basically said, you know, that these people that he's going to be interviewing that they've discovered. 
that there are breakthrough blockages, which, of course, just begs the question. If breakthrough blockages are an actual legitimate biblical thing, then why couldn't I like go to you know Second Corinthians chapter nineteen and have the Apostle Paul explain to us about breakthrough blockages and the steps necessary to unbreak the blockages so that we can experience breakthroughs? You see, in order for a doctrine to actually be biblical, mm-hmm, it needs to actually be clearly taught in Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's how that work works. So here we've got, uh, you know, the, the setup for the program is all about they're going to teach you how to employ these steps to, bl- to break blockages so that you can have breakthroughs. But they never really get around to that. Instead, uh, you know, they have a discussion about, you know, what they've learned and all these and their experiences, of course. But, of course, if you want to learn how to break blockages, then you're going to need to pull out your wallet and send Sid Roth some money. So here's the commercial, the infomercial part of Sid Roth's It's Supernatural from this episode, How to Destroy Breakthrough Blockages. Here we go. Call now and get Hakeem Collins' brand new book and Hakeem and Naeem's anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Prophetic Breakthrough, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Learn how to declare decrees that will break curses and release God's blessings. Yours. Mm. So um, how, how can you verify these product claims? Yeah, uh, when I don't know of any biblical text that teaches this doctrine about you know, decreeing declares and things like that, declaring decrees that uh, that break blockages. I'm not familiar with any biblical text that says that, but I can only find these these powerfully anointed uh, declarations if I purchase this product. For a donation of $35, shipping and handling is included. Ask 35 bucks for this. Wow, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it probably pays for itself. After all of your blockages are broken so that you can experience your breakthroughs, yeah. Or offer number 9510. Through Hakeem Collins' brand new book, you will understand that sickness, guilt, and shame are all obstacles to God's glorious purpose for your life. Learn uh, If that's the truth, then which biblical text says that? How to fight for your abundance by speaking truth against the enemy's lies. Find out how to break curses and begin to release blessings. Discover invisible barriers and restrictions. Begin to decree what... Discover invisible barriers and whatever. Yeah, again, I mean, where are the product safety people who can te- who can test the claims of these products here? Yours. Hakeem has included prophetic breakthrough decrees and declarations for you to read aloud with authority that will break demonic curses and release heaven's answers of breakthrough for you. Also included is Hakeem and Naeem's anointed three-part audio CD teaching series. Through what Hakeem teaches in his lesson, Breaking the Power of Curses, you will learn what curses are and where they come from. Recognize the signs of curses operating in your life. Identify the origins of curses that war against your prophetic destiny. Learn how to remove and break war against your prophetic destiny. 
Did Jeremiah have to decree these things in order to break the demonic curses that were uh, allied against his prophetic destiny? I, I don't recall that ever happening. Bloodline curses in Hakeem and Naeem's lesson, removing ungodly soul ties. You will... Uh, yeah, by the way, we have covered soul ties here at Fighting for the Faith. Look uh, at our YouTube channel in the search bar in our channel and type in soul ties. We've covered that topic before. Soul ties are. Learn how soul ties are formed. Understand the origin of soul ties and soul agreements. Find out five steps to breaking and... Oh, no, there's not only soul ties, there's soul agreements. Who knew? It's not in the Bible. Moving ungodly soul ties. In the final message, keys to breaking spiritual limitations. You will learn how to partner with heaven to get results. Receive keys to... Partner with heaven to get results. Okay, if if I needed to partner with heaven in order to get results, don't you think that would be something like critical that I could just find in the Bible if I read it? King spiritual stagnation and restrictions for success. Possess supernatural faith required to make the impossible possible. Identify faith barriers and blockages to receive your breakthrough. Learn how to wage war over your prophecy and prophetic promise. Don't miss out on getting Hakeem College. Don't miss. Don't miss out, man. It's only 35 bucks. Your prophetic density requires that you decree now by sending $35 to Sid Roth. Brand new book and Hakeem and Naeem's anointed three-part audio CD teaching set. Prophetic Breakthrough. Exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Learn how to declare decrees that will break curses and release God's blessings. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 95. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, do you believe in magic beans too? I mean, I could sell you some magic beans for 35 bucks. I can't promise they'll do anything, but it just depends on whether or not you activate the beans with your faith and things and stuff. I, I think you kind of get the point, but that's literally, that's what his program is about. It, it, this is, the whole program is designed to be a scam. Every single episode is selling you Something. Let's take a look at another example. Uh, this is his uh, uh, interview with Clarice Fluitt, How to Manifest All of God's Promises in Your Life. Here's the setup for the program. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. My guest says the kingdom of God is voice activated. She also says the kingdom of darkness is voice activated. Notice she says, not the Bible, she says. She also says that she can teach you how to manifest the promises from God's word every time. Interested? Yeah, see, there it is. He's wetting their appetites. Are you interested in activating this thingy so that you can get the promises of God every single time? Does it seem like you're just not having a good return ratio on your declarations and activations as far as results in your life? Well, Clarice Fluid, she gets she gets everything. Anytime she asks, she always gets it. 100% of the time, would you like to learn? Now, they're not going to explain what you do in the episode. No. If you want to learn how to do that, at least the thing that he led the program off with, that's going to require you to send some money. Here's another example. 
Call now and get Clarice Fluitt's revelatory brand new book, Experiencing the Power of God's Word, and her two-part audio CD teaching, Activating the Word of God, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Plus, receive this bonus book by Patricia King, 31 Decrees of... Bonus book by Patricia King. <clears throat> yeah, you need something to line your birdcage with. There you go. It's a little expensive as far as birdcage liner, but... That's about all it's good for. Blessings for your life. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is... $39 now for the activation of the Word of God and experiencing the power of God. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The whole program is designed to move product. And note here that Clarice Fluitt's two-CD set, that was put together by Sid Roth's people. Uh Uh-huh. It's an exclusive offer only for the Sid Roth program uh, audience. Ask for offer number 9517 through Clarice Fluid's brand new book. You will receive God's toolbox. So here come the product claims. Let me back this up again. We're going to receive God's toolbox. 517 through Clarice Fluid's brand new book. You will receive God's toolbox for walking in the supernatural every day. Witness the positive impact that decreeing the Word of God will have upon your life. Learn how to decree God's Word over your life regularly in a way that empowers you to victory over the forces of darkness. Through Clarice Fluid's two part audio CD series, which is exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Exclusive, you can only get it at It's Supernatural. You will learn how to activate all of God's promises contained in his word for your who knew you had to actually activate them in order for the promises to be promises if god makes a promise doesn't he have to keep his promise i mean let me give you an example okay from time to time i may be known to make a promise to my spouse so my spouse says to me chris you know we really need you to you know we we need to do something about the house i mean could you could you promise me this weekend that you're going to touch up the paint on the outside of the house and i would say yes honey I promise. So Saturday comes along, Sunday goes by, and I don't touch up the house with any paint at all. So my wife comes to me and says, Chris, you promised me that you would touch up the house and, and, and with the paint outside so that it didn't look so bad. I, I, I just have to say to her, sorry, honey. I know I promised you that I would do some painting, but you didn't activate the promises. So I don't have to keep them. That that won't work, by the way. Life. Clarice includes powerful prayers of impartation on these CDs, including prayers for God's pure supernatural fire, prayers to reverse every curse, prayers to open up the... Prayers to reverse every curse. Wow! This is amazing! Too bad none of this stuff is in the Bible. Portals of Heaven, Prayers for Avenues of Revenue, and the Entrepreneurial Spirit. Plus, you will receive this bonus book by Patricia King, 31 Decrees of Blessings for Your Life. It contains 31 days, each with a scripture and an inspirational devotional reading. Each devotion is followed by 10 powerful decrees for each day's theme dealing with love, fruitfulness, friends, wisdom, hope, victory, family, glory, endurance, God's presence, gladness. Yeah, give me those 10 decrees for glory. I could hardly wait to be glorified that way yeah and more each daily devotional also includes an activation for you to seal god's word in your heart and life don't miss out on getting it contains activations man i remember the days in christianity before there were any activations i mean yeah we we had to pray with like you know 
rocks and chisels and stuff. Yeah, now you can just write down activations on paper and things, you know. Reese Fluitt's revelatory brand new book, Experiencing the Power of God's Word, and her two-part audio CD teaching, Activating the Word of God, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Plus, receive this bonus book by Patricia King, 31 Degrees of Blessings for Your Life, yours for a donation of $39. 39 bucks. See, that, they, see they don't actually teach you in the episode how to do all that stuff. Stuff. No, 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 no. You, you have to send in the 39 bucks. Every single episode of Sid Roth's program is set up this way. Next example, uh, here's Heidi Baker on uh, on how to catch your miracle on the uh, Sid Roth It's Supernatural program. And again, Sid Roth, I mean, he looks like the nicest, kindest, smiley old man. I mean, this guy couldn't tell us any lies. He couldn't possibly be greedy and trying to scam us out of our money. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he's doing. Hello, it's Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. Throughout history, many believers have experienced the tangible presence of God, but it kind of comes and goes. My guest is experiencing the presence of God 24-7. She says this is normal and you can experience it too. Would you like to learn? Shaba, sign me up. Wow. Would you like to learn? Now, they're not going to teach it on the program. No, when it comes time to actually learning how to experience the manifest presence of God 24-7, that takes a little bit of cash on your part if you want to learn how to do that. Uh, here's the uh, the infomercial part of that episode of Sid Ross. It's supernatural. Call now and get Heidi and Roland Baker's four-part audio CD teaching and interactive guidebook, Living from the Presence. This is a special offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping in 39 bucks. Can't wait to hear the product claims regarding this. Handling is included. Ask for offer number 9544. In this four-part audio CD teaching, Living from the Presence, Heidi and Roland Baker take you on a powerful journey through eight anointed interactive study sessions. They will guide you. Eight anointed interactive study sessions. What does that mean? To the manifest presence of God and the glory, where you will encounter God face-to-face and forever be marked by His transforming power. Well, there you go. You want a face-to-face encounter with God? Just send Sid Roth $39, and he'll send you Heidi Baker's products. And you can can then have a face-to-face meeting with Jesus. Really? Huh. How come this isn't taught in the Bible? This one-of-a-kind teaching teaching. Learn the significant difference between living in the presence versus living from the presence of God. Receive an increase in your awareness of the Holy Spirit presence in a way you increased awareness of the Holy Spirit. Never thought possible before. Begin to experience the power of the Holy Spirit every day to help you overcome. Not just some days, every day. Yeah, because, you know, Heidi Baker glows in the dark and she knows how to help you glow in the dark, too. Every obstacle and circumstance that the enemy uses to keep you from accessing every promise and blessing God wants to impart to you. Experience a release of the atmosphere of heaven into your... A release of the atmosphere of heaven. It's only 39 bucks and you can have an atmospheric heavenly release thingy. Yeah, these sound like scam claims to me. Um, Can we scientifically validate, verify any of this stuff? 
spheres of influence. Walk every day in new levels of God's glory and witness increased manifestations of signs, wonders, and miracles. Increased manifestations, yeah. Flowing in your life. These sessions include these topics. Understanding the foundation of experiencing His presence. Making room for His presence to fill you and overflow from you to others. Living moment by moment saturated in His presence. Experience. Don't you think if this was a biblical doctrine, all I had to do was like open the Bible and I can read it for myself there? Why do I need to send 39 bucks to Sid Roth? and wonders in his presence. Heidi and Roland Baker's interactive guidebook, Living from the Presence, takes you on a 40-day journey to encounter God's glory and presence in a way you never thought possible before. The full immersion guidebook will take you through the eight anointed audio CD teaching sessions with additional insights, interactive questions to help you understand the teaching, plus activities to help you go deeper into your journey into the reality of God's presence and glory in your everyday life. It includes activation exercises and 18 anointed activation exercises. I don't even like to get on the treadmill. I mean, not going to do activation exercises. And in the presence prayers, don't miss out on getting Heidi and Roland Baker's four-part audio CD teaching and interactive guidebook, Living from the Presence. This is a special offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9544. Yeah, there you go. So, folks, the only way I could put it is is that uh, Sid Roth has created a machine, a machine for taking money out of your wallets and putting it into his. Because every single episode of Sid Roth's It's Supernatural follows this exact same template. He makes these outrageous claims, says that his guest has these things or can do that stuff and, and, and can teach you how to do it. Wouldn't you like to learn? And then they start a conversation where they talk about, oh, how important and the things are that this person does and stuff. And then they never tell you how to do it on the program. No, no, no. you got to send in your money if you want to learn how that person did it. This is all a scam. This is what it means to teach for shameful gain the things that you ought not to teach. None of this stuff is taught in the Bible. Sid Roth is a kind-looking old man, but he is as greedy as they get, and he's going to have to give an accounting to Jesus for every single penny that he stole from people, all in the name of God. By the way, second commandment, you, uh, that you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, that is exactly what Sid Roth's program does every single episode. He takes God's name in vain, teaches things that he ought not to teach, hijacks and steals God's good name to attach it to these schlocky products that he's – they're basically – every single one of them is a high-polished scam – designed to take money out of your wallets and put it into his. And at the end of the day, you are left with a product that is utterly worthless. And all the claims that they've made, you know, that will happen to you in your life, none of them will come true because none of these things are actually biblical. And that's the problem. So avoid Sid Roth and his schlocky supernatural product scams because that's what his program's all about, moving scam products. 
All right. We're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you could subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Quick break. When we come back, sermon by Buddy Kremings on being pregnant with potential. Like pregnant with heresy. Stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. We don't need to rethink Christianity, we need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Hi, Rich Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listening to this program right now. Have you ever found yourself wishing there was more Fighting for the Faith content that you could listen to and share with your friends? Well, you're in luck, because we now at Pirate Christian Media have a YouTube channel that we upload content to on a weekly basis. We got programs like Twist Busters, You Don't Have to Be a Cessationist, Messed Up Church, exclusive Skype interviews, Pirate Gang Conversations, and our most popular segment, Dumpster Fire. So if you're looking for some extra Pirate Christian Media goodness in your life, head on over to YouTube and search for Fighting for the Faith and subscribe. Fighting for the Faith. We're well into it. Sermon review time. Let's do this right.
The good, the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Church Unlimited, Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, Buddy Cremeen's special guest pastor presiding. And the name of the message is Pregnant with Possibility. And it's a complete twisting of Ephesians 3 where... God is able to do abundantly more than we can ever dream, think, ask, or imagine, or stuff like that. So apparently that means you're just pregnant with possibility. Uh, Buddy Cremeens will be scratching itching ears. He will not be properly exegeting uh, any biblical texts. And I'm pretty sure we're not going to hear anything about sin, repentance, Jesus Christ literally crucified for our sins, the forgiveness of sins offered and uh, people called to repent, be forgiven, and then bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I don't think that's on the docket today. Not with a message titled Pregnant with Possibility, but uh, I digress. Let's get to it. Here we go. Have your Bibles today. I want you to jump with me and let's turn to the book of Ephesians together at all of our locations. And I was praying about when Pastor Bill asked me to come on this weekend, I didn't realize it was right kind of really close to 4th of July. And so I was thinking through, man, it's the birth of our country and it's the birth of our country. And it's also Church Unlimited. I'm praying through that. And I'm like, God, I may go here. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, I want you to go to Ephesians, the birth of our country, and then church. All right. So note something here. Him saying, I felt God leading me to go to Ephesians. This is a manipulation technique. This technique is designed to make you believe that the, the, the guy who's the pastor hears directly from God. And if you fall for this, then anybody who says, wait a second, that guy didn't rightly handle the biblical text. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God led him to this. He, he, did, he, he gave us the message that God laid on his heart. Who are you to criticize? Unlimited. By the way, can we just state the obvious? When it comes to church names, hashtag you win. Church Unlimited, best name ever. You got church unlimited names and then everybody else in the church world. Congratulations, you win. Incredible name. So Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And help me out, this is how we roll in New York. And if you see some words capitalized, help me out, say it loud and proud today at all of our locations. The Bible tells us this. God can do anything you know far more than you can ever imagine or guess. All right, so we're in Ephesians 3.20 and here's the problem. He's reading this out from the message, which is not only not a, a, a paraphrase. I mean, it's a paraphrase, but it's like the worst paraphrase ever. The only thing worse than the message is the passion translation. You have to put translation in air quotes. And so a little bit of a note. What's going on in this text? Well, you're gonna as you read Ephesians, when you get to chapter 3, you know, Paul has already preached the gospel, made it clear that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not by works. It is a gift of God and that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And um, and so he then transitions uh, to talk about how he's a prisoner for Christ on behalf of the Gentiles and uh, talks about the mystery uh, of that was made known in Christ in Ephesians 3, 7 of this gospel. I was made a minister, he says, according to the gifts of God's grace. And then when you get to 14, you get a little bit of a prayer that's put into the middle of this letter. And here's what it says. Paul says, for this reason, 
I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now Ephesians 3.20 is the conclusion of this prayer. And if you're familiar with, with prayers, then this part serves as what's called a benediction. This is kind of a benedictory thought at the end of this prayer. And he says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. So note, the prayers to him. To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, false teachers love to take this out of context and not even pay attention to the fact that this is a benedictory thought at the tail end of an actual prayer that's stuck into the epistle. And so they they were uh, you know they scratch itching ears with this to basically maybe make it make it say that God is able to do man all this crazy stuff in your life and you've got to figure out how to tap into all that crazy potential and things that's not what Paul is talking about at all but that's what Buddy Cremines is doing with this text and this is a typical uh, false teacher wolf twisting of Ephesians 3, and he's already reading from the message, and I should just note, the message doesn't actually say what the Greek manuscript says. If you want to get an idea of what the actual Greek says, you need to read a good translation, like the ESV and the NASB and things like that. Or request in your what church? In your... Let's say it again, all of our locations. In what? In your... In your wildest dreams. Now watch this. He does it not by pushing us around. In your wildest dreams. So he's exegeting the message, and the message doesn't even say what the text actually says. He's not a bully, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within where? Within us. Let's look at the next uh, version here. In the Amplified, the Bible says this. Amplified, again, is not a translation. Amplified it actually engages in a form of Bible twisting t- known as illegitimate totality transfer, where you take all of the definitions of a word and pour it into that word every time that word shows up, rather than noting that context often will dictate which definition is the proper way of understanding a word. So, uh, you know, Amplified just gives you all of the possible range of different definitions for a word, and you just basically pick the one you want, which is no way of reading God's word. To him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Isn't that a fun word? Super abundantly. Hey, how you doing? I'm super abundant. Thanks for asking. More than all that we dare or ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or what church? Or or dreams. Now watch this. According to his what? According to his, his power that is at work within us. I want to talk to you today, Church Unlimited, about you're pregnant with potential. You're pregnant with... No, you're not. This is nonsense already. Potential. I 
guarantee you weren't expecting to hear that in church. Congratulations. You are pregnant. You have more dreams inside of you. You have more ability that God has for you to do. You are not too old. You are not too young. God has more. You haven't peaked. You haven't plateaued. God has more inside of you. Like, Pastor Buddy, how do you know that? I know that because if you are... This text doesn't say anything about potential being inside of me. It says to him who is able. God is the one who has all that inside of him, not me. This precious gift that God has given us and you're breathing air and your heart's beating. That is a sign that God's power is inside of you and he has more for you to do. He brought me here to stir you up today. No, he didn't. You are pregnant with potential. I love this quote that the future belongs to those who believe in their dreams. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt's not found in the Bible. And watch what he does here next. It's quite fascinating because we're going to get a litany of quotes from people who, I, I, based on my understanding of this list, the majority of them aren't even Christians. And yet he's holding them up if, as somehow they exemplify you know, Christian sanctification and uh, and the fulfilling of this text from Ephesians 3. But nothing could be further from the truth. Einstein said our imagination is more important than knowledge. Think about that because he was really into the knowledge thing. But he said, actually, our dreams and our imagination is more important than knowledge. Was Einstein a believer in Jesus Christ? I love this. The biggest adventure you can take in life is to live the life of your dreams. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, she's definitely not a Christian. Um, And how about this? Our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. How about this one? A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. I think I heard it in a Disney movie once. Tag Walt Disney. That's for Pastor Bill Cornelius. All right. And then I love this. I like the dreams of the future. Watch this better than the history of the past. The history is important, but God doesn't keep us in the history. We're pregnant with potential. And this is what Thomas Jefferson said. I'm not pregnant with potential because of anything that Thomas Jefferson said. Have you seen the Jeffersonian Bible? He literally cut out all of the miracles in the Gospels. Hold fast to your dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Langston Hughes. And probably my favorite is, I couldn't find the sports car of my dreams, so I built it myself. Ferdinand Porsche. Pretty cool, huh? You are- yeah, um, how many of these people are now burning in hell? When did this become holiness and Christian sanctification? What does any of this have to do with what the scriptures actually say? Pregnant with potential. I want to ask you today at all of our locations, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? What would you do? What would you do? That's like, it it takes a lot of attention. We got a lot of barriers, but what would you do? Let's just open up our mind today. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? What would you do? How about this question? What would you do if money was no object? And I love this question. What would you do if you could care less what everybody else thought? What would you do in this life if you knew you wouldn't fail? What would you do if money wasn't an object? And what would you do if you could have the confidence? This guy sounds like a sleazeball motivational speaker who's like on the low end of the pay scale for like business conferences. 
What on earth? Okay, I really just don't care what anybody else thinks. What does God want me to do? God wants you to know today you are pregnant with potential. I want you to consider this. That wouldn't it have been No, God doesn't want me to know that because God's word doesn't say that. You just made that up. Enough for God just to say, you know what, I'm God and I can do anything. I can do anything and your prayers and everything. We'd be like, that's right, God. That's a good verse. He didn't say that. What he said in scripture is this. He said, I'm God, but I can do far more than you could ever ask. Guest requests beyond your wildest dreams. I can do super abundant. Pray the biggest prayers you've ever prayed. Pray and think the biggest and boldest dreams ever. Stretch your imagination as far as you can. And then our good God in heaven wants church unlimited and all of us to know today. You you are are aware Paul wrote that from prison, right? Yeah, that that just seems to fly in the face of everything that you're saying. Ephesians 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Uh-huh. Paul wrote that from prison. And uh, you, you do know that later, Paul was rearrested and then beheaded. Yeah, God was really able to do far more exceedingly abundantly. The Apostle Paul, he was so pregnant with possibility that um, he, he miscarried in prison. This is just absurd. You haven't even scratched the surface of what your good God can do through you. He's saying, I dare you to dream. You're pregnant with potential. And I want to encourage, because I believe that there's, uh, maybe you're like, I don't know, man, because pastor, there's, I, I don't have potential because I don't hear it from my parents. My parents don't say I have potential. My spouse doesn't speak life into me and they don't say I have potential. And my boss doesn't say I have potential. And my coach doesn't say I have potential. And my teachers don't say I have potential. And I'm just kind of the invisible person in the room. I'm kind of the one that's always overlooked. I'm kind of the one that's always ignored. I'm kind of the one that's always made fun of. And I want to speak to you because God sent me here to encourage you. You are pregnant with potential. Just because no one else has spoken over your life. Yeah, you were not sent by God. You were sent by the guy with the red pitchfork. All that matters, my friends, is your good God in heaven. He sees it inside of you. And there is so much possibility and potential. And today he just wants to help you dream again and get it out of you. I remember, I remember when uh, my wife was uh, pregnant and when she told me uh, after I almost had a heart attack. And uh, I remember that over the first few months, you couldn't see it. You couldn't see any difference. She wore the same clothes. She dressed the same and no one else would know. And just because no one else could see it doesn't mean it wasn't inside of her. But sure enough, over the months, what happened is she started to change slowly and slowly. And I remember when she would come home and uh, my wife's this little petite thing and she uh, came home and I said, how's your day, sweetheart? And she said, I'm starving. Like, what the? What happened? And I said, I said, you, you didn't eat anything? She said, no, feed me. And I was like, <laughs> what happened? And then I went Magnum PI, CSI, private eye, and I went out to her because I was like, I'm not matching up because I'm seeing all these like spots on her belly. They're like oil spots. 
Like, what is that? And so I went to her car and I found all these Taco Bell wrappers everywhere. And this woman was pounding the tacos from, from her work all the way home. And she'd come home, oh, I'm starving. And our firstborn loves Tex-Mex because that's what she ate. I'm sorry, it's all we had in New York. Don't judge me. And so I just remember that what, what happens just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not inside of you. God wants you to know that he sees incredible potential in you. And Yeah, Ephesians 3 is not about God seeing potential in any of us. You are literally scratching itching ears and you are narcissistically feeding people's love for themselves, not calling them to repent. And you're not preaching God's word properly at all. Think about it. God has a great track record in all of scripture. The Bible is about God going for the underdog. God sees you. God sees that you're invisible. God sees it. Other people have overlooked at you. I'm confident that David, when his dad dissed him and his brothers dissed him, that he just like, man, I, and even the prophet of God said, I don't think it's him. Here's the deal that he didn't see what God was going to do through him, that God was going to raise him up according to the power that was within him, that God was going to do something great and he would become king. I'm confident that Saul, that later became the Apostle Paul and wrote most of the New Testament, he never thought when he was killing Christians for a living, but he had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus Christ. And then the resurrected Jesus Christ put his power inside of him, that Holy Spirit power. And then the person that once killed Christians for a living now is in a movement for Jesus Christ. I'm confident that as you look through scripture, that Mary, that she was thinking, man, I'm just this little teenage girl and there's not much for my life she had no clue she was literally going to give birth to the king of kings talk about pregnant with potential notice he's not teaching any of these biblical stories at all he's literally hijacked them to force them into this narcissistic nonsense that he's spewing And so what God does all through scripture, the thread and theme is if you don't get anything else today, get this. God believes in you more than you believe in him. Uh, No, if God believed in me, he wouldn't have needed to send Jesus to bleed and die for my sins. Uh Uh-huh. The reason why Christ died for my sins is because God knew there was nothing I could do to save myself. No biblical text says that God believes in you. Every time belief is called for, it is for you to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. This is the paradox of faith, my friend. God believes in you. God believes in you. Help me out, church. And let me turn the person next to say, God believes in you. Go ahead. I love you, church. And let me, that was so lame. Okay. So lame. And actually, the way somebody said it over, you're like, I don't know if I even believe it. So I want you to say it with some conviction, and I want you to say it, and I want you to spray it, and I want you to wheel it, and I want you to deal it, and I want you to make them feel it in Jesus' name. Say it at all of our locations. Go, church, church. God believes in you. Go ahead. Listen, I'm, I, I, played, uh, I played hoops back in I the... I cannot believe those people said that along with you. No text says that, especially Ephesians 3.
day. And uh, yes, I was a prolific athlete. Thanks for asking. And um, back in the day, but when I would play, it was just so cool because it didn't matter what the haters said. didn't matter what's happened because there was one guy that was always in the stands and he was the loudest dude. My dad was like this big, huge man, man. He's just ginormous, large and light. had this booming voice. He's like the Southern Gospel Pavarotti. That was my dad. And he would be there at the games and be like, and, 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 and as, I would, as I would get up and do my 360, shake and bake, see this. So, oh, I'll, I'll cross you up. I will cross you over in Jesus' name. I'll go, I'll go Uncle Drew on your head. You just ask Mason. Anyway. I remember that as long as it didn't matter what the score was or this, because when I was playing, oh man. And as I was playing, I could look and see my dad. My dad would always be in the stands. And so this is what he would do. He would just stand up because he got thrown out of so many games because he yelled at the refs. (laughs) And so he couldn't talk anymore or they would kick him out. So what he would do, so I'd look, I'd see on my peripheral vision, there was always the chuckster. And he'd stand up and he'd go, And I would see in my mind's eye and I'd be like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Ooh. Good. I'm good. And, and what that was is that gave me so much confidence no matter what was going on. Because you know what? No matter what, I had a dad that always believed in me. I had a dad that would always say, I'm cheering you. And I had a dad that just, and, and he just went to heaven last year. But I'm just so grateful today. He said, well, I didn't have a dad like that. And I know that, but that's just a lot of people. But I want to encourage you today. You have a God in heaven. You have a father in heaven. And today, you know what he's doing over you? You know what he's doing? This is what he's doing at all of our locations. And I'm talking to the ones invisible and I'm talking to the one that's ignored. I'm talking to the ones you've been through a lot of pain. This is what your heavenly father's doing today. He's seeing you. You went to church unlimited and he's doing this. That's what he's doing. You could have been at the beach. You could be at the lake. You could be. No, you said, I'm going to God's house because those that are planted in the house of God, you're going to flourish. And God is going to do unlimited things. You're pregnant with potential. So I want you to turn the person next to you and I want you to say you're pregnant with potential. Go ahead. No, I'm not. Why are you getting these people to say nonsense like this? You say, Pastor, that that was really awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. That one, that was just weird. So here's a question, Church Unlimited. Here's a question. So we, we get stirred up. And by the way, there's two ways we change in life. One is desperation and one is inspiration. So... You know what? You're just here to like fire us up. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, neither desperation or inspiration really qualify as true sanctification of the, in bearing fruit of the Holy Spirit. You're exactly right. I'm here to inspire us. And as we walk according to the power that is within us, guess what? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do every day. He doesn't want us to change just because it's desperate. He wants us to be inspired. And so how do we get what's in us out of us? How do we get what's growing and developing? How do we do that? And so how do we birth our dreams? If you're taking notes today at all of our locations, if you jot this down, is the first thing is give yourself permission to dream. Give yourself. So how do you birth your dreams? Uh, step one, give yourself permission to dream. Where can I find step one in the Bible about that all important step of giving myself permission to dream? I don't know of any biblical text that says this. 
permission to dream. Think about this is the whole aspect of faith as we walk by faith and not by sight. I think too often, maybe in the church world, as we can kind of, we're like, well, I just need something deeper. Can I tell you, there's not anything really deeper than allowing God to work within us and pull out those God-sized dreams, that potential that we didn't know. Where in scripture does it tell us to allow God to pull out God-sized dreams out of us? No text says that. We have. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? What would you do if money was no object? What would you do if you didn't care about the critics anymore? Um, let me just go rapid fire some things that I jotted down. What would you do? Would you write a book? Would you start a business? Would you start another business? Would you write a song? Would you paint a painting? Would you ask someone out? Would you ask someone to marry you? Would you be president? Would you help the poor? Would you help the homeless? Would you conquer literacy? Would you empower the elderly? Would you cure cancer? Would you travel in space? Would you own a hotel? Would you own a hotel chain? Would you get a house? Would you get a second house? Would you adopt an orphan? Would you adopt an orphanage? Would you start a school? Would you educate for, for mental illness? Would you shut down human trafficking? Would you travel the world? Would you travel the world again? Would you go to college? Would you get your master's? Would you get your doctor? Would you learn another language? Would you learn another? What about preaching the gospel and calling sinners to repent and be forgiven? Language again. Congratulations. You're up to three. Would you play the piano? Would you sing? Would you play the guitar? Would you become a nutritionist? Would you take up dancing? Would you take horseback riding lessons? Would you own a horse? Would you own a farm? Would you own an island? Would you become a teacher? Would you become a coach? Would you get in shape? Would you lose weight? Would you reverse diabetes? Would you lower blood pressure? Would you take, do a 5K? Would you do a 10K? Would you do a triathlon? Would you do even more than that? Would you go to Hawaii? Would you become an entrepreneur? Do I need a crucified and risen Savior to do any of those things? Would you invent? Would you be on Shark Tank? Would you start another location? Would you start another service? Would you ask God to bless you, to give you a million dollars, to bless the kingdom of God in Church Unlimited? And would you ask God to be crazy? big dreams, bold dreams. God, bless me. Bless me to see thy kingdom come. Bless me so I can go to Pastor Bill and say, God, with that vision that you put in his heart, I want to finance the next location. Dream big prayers. Come on. Dream big prayers means give lots of money to Bill Cornelius. Yeah, wrong. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. God says you're pregnant with potential. I'm confident. No, he doesn't. I'm confident that I think about that that God is for the underdog. Nobody believed. Nobody believed. Nobody believed after I graduated high school and I'm working uh, landscaping and um, I was I got this cool job because of the outfit because they wore green pants. It's called Long Doctor, and that you don't have them here apparently because um, I don't see a, I don't see a lot of green grass anyway. And so uh, <laughs> so. This is a lot of, anyway, so they had green, green pants and a tan shirt. And I thought it was cool, but I'm not handy. And I don't know about you. And so I was, I just got, I got the job for the outfit. And so I went and I did this motorized thing and they told me all the instructions. I wasn't paying attention. And later they called me and said, Hey buddy, you know what? We like you. You're a nice guy, but we're not to let you go. And I'm like, why? They're like, you burned a hundred yards or because you over fertilize it. I'm like, my bad. Sorry. And then, um, after that, then I got a painting job and then they said, you know what? We're going to have to let you go. And I'm guaranteed that didn't work out, work out too well. And then later on in my own personal story, I was angry at God. And I had a lot of bad experience with, with Christians and stuff like that in church world. And I kind of, 
I kind of just internalized all that. I blocked God out. I'm like, if this is what God's all about, I'm peaced out. If you invite me out to church, I'm like, ah, I don't want to go. And if you kept coming at me, I probably like would end up cussing you out. That's, I just had so much anger, and that's not a joke. Each and every Sunday, my wife would wake me up. You're going to go to church? You're going to go to church? I'm like, why are you wake me up my only day off? And she said, why won't you go? I'm like, it's full of a bunch of hypocrites. And she said, there's always room for one more. And I'm like, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> and so... Here's the deal. And so I'm confident. Listen, guys, I remember then I gave my life to God. That's what I'm trying to get to today. Give your life to God. Give your life to Jesus. And as I get, and don't let people mess you up about God. Let God straighten you out about people. I had this crutch in my life and God said, lose the crutch, Kermes. And that's not my fault. That's free will. They made those decisions. That's not me. And I allowed God to come back in my life. And he is, and he, it's just been the ride of my life. And I remember then I went into ministry and left six figures to go to $20,000 with no benefits. And then I'm sharing a youth, a youth group and I'm talking really fast, aren't I? And so here's the deal. And, and I, I remember that these 13 kids and I was, I would just scared to death. And when I would go to talk, I would stutter and I was just like scared and I would stay up all night and I I'm a, I'm a sweaty pastor. And, and I just like, ah. I was like ah. but somehow, some way, oh man. God blessed and God breathed on it and God breathed on it and God breathed on it and God breathed on it. it. Did you ever repent of your sins and trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? What did God breathe on exactly? You don't have to be the best communicator. You don't have to be people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And so what I was lacking maybe in communication skills at that time is they can pick up if you're genuine. And those that 13 kids grew to over a hundred and a third of the church and God moved in, in a miraculous way. And I'm just here to tell you that you're pregnant with potential and God wants to pull so much out of you. And I just want to encourage you to dream today, Church Unlimited. So give yourself permission to dream. Second, if you're taking notes, give God control to your soul. The Bible says that we, our flesh is going to war against our dreams. The flesh is what I think, what I feel, what I want. And I have this each and every day. And you're never going to get so spiritual in your life that you don't battle the flesh. The Bible says they're at war against each other for the rest of your life. But what we can learn to do is the spirit, that's that power that's working in us, in Ephesians 3.20, is what God thinks, what he feels, and what he wants. And so each and every day, we have an opportunity. God, I'm going to give you control. Control to my soul. And I just want to encourage you today, your friend, your friend is self-control. Your friend is self-control. Galatians 5.22. Okay. It says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all these things that we know about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, that's right. The fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit the Spirit bears in our lives. That power that works in us, self-control. Give God control to yourself. Self-control. Give God control to myself. Where does the Bible tell me to do that? Because self-control is different than what you're talking about. Oh, it's in you. Your feelings aren't your friend. If we live by our feelings, we stay on the couch. If we live by our feelings, we watch more TV. If we live by our feelings, we, watch, we just, just keep playing video games. If we live by our feelings, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. 
Feelings are not your friend. Self-control is your friend. Self-control is what gets what's in you out of you. It gets those dreams that are in you out of you. The more self-control you just start compounding, the more you're going to see your dreams realize. Self-control is your friend. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. This is irritating. La, la, la. <laughs> la, 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 la. He forgot the tune. Self-control. You got a friend in me. Isn't it funny how we look at self-control? It's like, oh, self-control. Oh, I dread self-discipline. No, it's your friend. It's your friend. So give yourself permission to dream. Give God control uh, to your soul. Number three, visualize the completed dream. Visualize and see. Which biblical text tells me to visualize completed dreams? A completed dream. We walk by faith and not by sight. We take the invisible and we bring it into the visible. God can do anything. And I want to. Yeah, the, um, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't mean we need to visualize the completed dream. What is this? Declare to you if you're battling cancer, you're battling leukemia, you're battling anything. God can heal you today. I- yes, he can. It may not be his will to do so, though. God can heal you today. God can heal you today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through. The next thing is relentlessly set goals, relentlessly set goals. Again, where do I find this list and point four being on the list, uh, you know, relentlessly setting goals? Where do I find this in scripture? Dreams are the destination, but goals are how we get there. Goals give traction to our dreams. The Bible says in James, faith without works is dead. And I like to say, well, dreams without goals are dead. Well, I have a dream. I ne- Yeah, you like to say. You just added that. You're teaching your own commandments now. Question someone shares that. What are your goals? As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, relentlessly set goals and write them down. Write them down. Write them down. Habakkuk says, write the vision down so people can. No, Habakkuk was a prophet, and writing the vision down was for the purpose of the people who were going to be on the receiving end of God's wrath, which is what he was prophesying about, that they would see the prophecy and run for their lives. It's not a command for us to write down or to visualize our completed goals. That's not what Habakkuk is about. See it and run to it. So dreams are the destination. Goals are how we get there. And the last thing is this. How do we get what's inside of us, out of us, if you're taking notes today, is push through the pain. Push through the pain. No joke, he's putting on a pregnancy prosthetic right now. I'm not making that up. You're pregnant. (laughs) With unlimited potential. Church unlimited. How do you get what's inside of you out of you? 
Give yourself permission to dream. Give God control to your soul. Visualize and complete, see the completed dream and relentlessly set goals, but then push through the pain. How many guys do you have? I'm kind of maybe date myself here. Back in the day, they had Lamaze classes. You know what those are? They'd go to these classes and they would teach you how to breathe for the pregnancy. So my wife and I went and they're like, this is how you breathe. And I'm like, whatever. And I wasn't paying attention. And the time came for Debbie and her water broke. And then we're in the hospital and they're like, and I'm like, okay, I kind of go into coach mode. I'm like, come on, Debbie, we got this. And she's like, what do you mean? We, I'm like, okay. So I kind of went low. I regrouped and all of a sudden I let her do her thing and she's breathing and they're working. But then after hours and hours and hours, you know what happened is they came in, the doctors came and said, this isn't going well. And if you don't do something different, sweetheart, we're going to have to come in and take this baby. So I didn't care what she thought anymore. I went into full blown coach mode. And I said, come on, Kermit. Come on, Debbie. We can do this. Come on, Debbie. Push. Push. Watch me push, 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 push. And then as I was just kind of in the moment, I said, you can do it, Debbie. Just suck it up. (laughs) You ever like said something you wish you could kind of like, whoa, oh, I maybe I didn't word that the right way. I kid you not, when I said that, true story, the doctors and nurses were in football position, looked at me like, hey, who's the goober? And then they had a word of prayer right there. God, we help, we pray for this lady right now. She is a, (laughs) suck it up. I didn't maybe say the right thing, but here's the deal. If she didn't push and push for the pain, uh, it wasn't going to happen. Last year, I led the church and um, we were stuck in a dilapidated um, retail spot. And that was from my own fear. And... uh, Felt the Holy Spirit saying, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, you got to get out of this thing. There's more inside for Northway. And I'm like, so here's the deal. So I told the church, we're going to leave. And they're like, where are we going to go? I'm like, I don't know. Because the landlord came back and said, I said, we're going to build and we'll stay here. And he said, well, I'm going to jack your rent up 50%. And so he was trying to strong arm us to keep us there. And I'm like, God, he's the devil. Did he just do that anyways? Anyway, so anyway, I was just, uh, uh, then I, I was like, we, we got to leave. And so where we ended up going was we ended up going to a bar. And we lost 30% of the church. And then I, I get it because I'm the pastor and I didn't want to go to church. And I, our children's room was where Snoop Dogg was the other night for Rizzle Sizzle. And I get it. So anyway, it was just like, I get it. I understand. But then after that, then they, we didn't get the financing and the financing fell through. And, and then we didn't get the approvals. And then I heard the enemy saying, this is the worst decision you've ever made in your life. You're a terrible leader. You're this, you're that. Look what you did. And look how the church is dying and all this stuff. And then on top of that, then my dad died and went home to heaven. And I just remember going, I just remember some days of just fighting off some discouragement and I remember the, oh, my own voice is popping around in my head but I'm so glad I heard another voice because another verse another voice came in it was the Holy Spirit of God and said don't you quit push push but God man God God it's not it's not looking good man push push and I'm so grateful I'm so grateful today that according to the power that is at work within us, now there's a state of the art and God did so many miracles. And here's why. Now to him be glory in his church from generation to generation. It's his church, Jesus Christ. You are pregnant with potential. Come on, Church Unlimited. No, you're not. 
Come on, Church Unlimited. Is anybody here grateful for what God has done in your life? Has God been good? I'm thankful for Christ's death on the cross for my sins. I'm thankful that he has regenerated me and brought me to repentance and bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. But I don't know what you're talking about because this has nothing to do with what the Bible actually says. To anybody else. Come on, church. Can we do a praise break today at all of our locations? Can we let heaven hear us of how good he's been to us? According to the power that is at work within us. You're pregnant. You no, you're not. Peaked. You haven't plateaued. There's more inside of you. You may have already plateaued. You may be the invisible one, but God sees you and God believes in you. You say, Pastor, I received that today. This is kind of weird holding this up. Here you go. <laughs> Pastor, I received that today. I am going to move towards my dreams. I'm going to give God control to my soul and my flesh. And I'm going to walk by the spirit of God. I'm going to give myself permission to dream again. I'm going to become a relentless. I'm going to set goals. I'm going to write them down. And then you know what? I'm going to just go and I'm going to push through the pain. And I'm not going to stop until I breathe my last breath. That's you today. Church Unlimited. Would you raise your hand at all of our locations? Hold them high. Yeah. When I was growing up, altar calls required you to actually hear about sin and then people would close their you know close their eyes and bow their heads and you know if if the pastor was asking if anyone need to be you know to pray to rededicate their lives or to come and confess and be forgiven you know things like that um you know, hear you know raise your hands if you're pregnant with potential you know hold them high church come on lord jesus we love you today done what a mess. What has happened to the church? Where did these yahoos come from? Why are these people not only tolerating this, but applauding it? Nothing he said was actually biblical. Everything he said was complete nonsense. Scratching of itching ears. Maybe that's why they were listening, because they were being told what they wanted to hear rather than what they needed to hear. Very tragic. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you could subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pirate Christian. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.